Hey guys, welcome to episode 11 of Perspectives on, the, on Fire. I'm your host, Ricky Studensky, and my guests today are Elon Moss and Elon Lewis. These guys are both the co-founders of Nishama, which is an early stage agricultural startup project that uses technology to turn cucumbers into powder for cosmetic products. Also, they were the winners of the 2017 Tel Aviv University Agriculture Hackathon, which which um, earned the Mattel Prize money of two million shekels. Boys, welcome to the show. Pleasure to be here. Pleasure. It's great. Is so. How's your day been? Day been. It's, it's been, been good. Well. Yeah, it's been a bit interesting going back to Startup for the first time since winning, but it's nice. You know, we're getting a bit of recognition now. <laughs> the boss is taking a bit more of a liking to us. So what's the vibe at um, Start um, at Startup at the moment? Like with you since winning. It's, it's gotten a bit more serious. You know, the bosses are pretty much sitting us down saying, okay, are you guys ready? It's going to be tough work from here. We've probably got to improve our Hebrew a little bit, which will be interesting. But, you know, I'm still excited. I mean, I'm 19. I don't really have much to lose in this project. But if we question another question off, chop, off topic before we get into the show, are you, as you won, like, the, it's 700,000 U- 700, US. So as you say, you each have 250... <laughs> Ours in the US, does that make you richer than your bosses? Um, I'd say some of them on par, <laughs> on par with some of our bosses. Yeah. Well, I'm not exactly sure. To, to be fair, the money is, is more of an investment rather than personal funding. So, I mean, it's, it's a lot of money, but I mean, it's more to be focused on the project than to be focused 100%. on us. Good choice. Do you trust me? You do not, you do not want to spend on a, on a night out in Las Vegas, so <laughs> no, you're we'll making be, a good choice. We'll be keeping our money, investing it. Yeah. All right, sweet. Let's get into the show. So tell the audience who you are and how you got to how you got to where you are today. Start with the founder. Well, I'm Alon Moss. I grew up in Sydney, Australia. I went to Mariah College, and I decided to go on a gap year, and I decided to come intern at Startown. About three days ago, I went to an agriculture hackathon where I helped set up, and then I decided to go sit in the back when everything started getting a bit more serious, and my boss came up to me, pretty much said, do you want to participate? So I pretty much said, why not? And then, yeah, one thing led to another, and we were here on Perspectives on Fire. <laughs> so I'm Alain Lewis, co-founder and head of marketing at Nishama. Yeah, similar story, but bit of background. Grew up in Brighton, England. Um, went to Brighton College. Already founded two startups before I came to Israel. He's very humble. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, then decided to go on a gap here. Didn't want to go to university straight away. And met this one over here, Alon. Also sitting at the back of the room. Then the idea came and then we ran with it. Very nice. So before we get into that, so your startups, what were your two startups you did before you came here? So the two startups I did before this, um, I ran one called Lewis Enterprises, which is essentially a tuck shop in school. But what I would do is I would buy out the other tuck shops in order to have a monopoly. Um, So controlling my other students and fellow colleagues. And then the second startup I did was part of a national competition in England called Young (coughs) Enterprise. So we created an application for the iPhone. It allows you to order coffees in advance for, like, in advance for your arrival. Um, yeah, then got that made. 
and then moving on to this, the cosmetic industry. Very nice, a very big shift for both of you, especially fresh out of high school. So, first of all, we want to ask you, um, what made you guys decide to take the path less travelled to come and spend a few months here in Israel rather than going straight to university to go in more depth? Ooh. I've always loved Israel and I come here a lot, quite a few times a year. Um, so it's just the next step really, just seeing what life is like, just having, because our program, as you know, it gives us a lot of freedom, so just to have a bit more independence in Israel, just like, it's almost like a tester for a living here. So we have a very good job, like in the internship, a job now as well, <laughs> finding our own company. Um, and it just gives you a new look on what, you, what Israel has to offer, really. Personally, I just came in a gap year program because I thought, why would I want to go from 13 years of schooling to another five years of university? Why not have a break? And, I mean, obviously, Israel, because I'm Jewish, <coughs> I come to Israel a lot too. I have a lovely family here. A lot of my friends are doing this program. And, yeah, I mean, to me, life is all about just getting experiences. And what could be more of an experience than just taking a year off? I mean, when are you ever going to have that opportunity again to be completely stress-free and work on what you want to work on, do what you want to do, learn Hebrew, explore, make new friends, party a little bit in moderation? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, in moderation. I mean, what's, what's, what's the rush to go to university? Exactly. Do you, ever, do you ever, like, when you see your friends, like, Facebooks, like, when they're at, like, university and stuff, you're like, yeah, this is, this is so much better, gap years. Oh, yeah, I like to remind them of that. Well, it's not so much that it's better, it's just that next year, like, I'm going to be doing the exact same thing that they're doing now. It's not like I'm missing out on the experience that they're getting, because they're also meeting new people, they're also learning new things. I'm just getting it one year later, and I'm also getting a whole bunch of other experiences that they're missing out on, in my opinion. That's really my view on it. Yeah, I personally love the gap here. I'll <laughs> remind them of it. Um, especially, I'd like to think they're quite jealous right now. Like, they missed out on a great opportunity. Just like a gap here, just like Alon said, like, he wants to go from how many years? Like, 13. 13 years of being in school and college, and then get literally just have a month's break, let's go to the summer holidays, and then go straight into university for four years. Crazy. Some people up for seven years. It's crazy. Jesus Christ. Yeah, like, I, I wouldn't be up for that. I just needed a break. Yeah, and it turns out I've got a job on the break. <laughs> it's been an interesting break. Yeah, it's been a very interesting break. From graduating high school to earning two million shekels. That's pretty good, guys. Very good, very good. But before we get into that part, so explain what um, StartAU is. So, StartAU is a non-profit organisation. It was founded in 2009 by then-students. Um... Yeah, and it basically helps the entrepreneur. It's the largest innovation centre in Israel. And it helps the entrepreneur make it to industry, like it bridges the gap. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, it's a really great place to be because there's people from all across the spectrum. There's people who do like event managing, marketing. There's an international department. There's educators. There's an accelerator, which we're going to be in soon, which is exciting. <coughs> And it's really, it's good because, like Alain said, like it helps you get ready. If you have an idea, they will take your idea and they will support you through it. They'll take you to people who work in the industry that you want to get into. They'll put you to professionals. They'll get you meetings and contacts. I mean, it's a lot of work, but at the end of the day, they're, they're pushing for a high success rate so you don't just go out the door and fall down. Very nice. So with your startup, Nashishma, 
Do you guys want to um, give us the pitch of what it is? So, very, very basic. We take Israel's cucumber surplus and provide a solution. I, we take the cucumbers, 310 million cucumber surplus that Israel has, and we turn that into powder, and then we sell that to the cosmetics industry. And that's a very basic way of putting it. Pretty much our advantage comes from the fact that we are specializing in this and there are a lot of cucumber products that are made in Israel anyway. <coughs> and the fact that most cucumber powder has to be either purchased from the States at a much higher price, not even counting taxes and also import prices. But then also the fact that they're either A, doing it themselves, which again also incurs higher prices than what we are offering. Which means that we have a business model that allows us to provide cheaper, cheaper process to them at less hassle, which is a win-win situation for everyone involved especially the agriculture industry, because it is then minimizing the surplus, which farmers are literally just leaving in the ground. It's not worth them selling, and it's now giving them a new form of income. So it's really a win-win-win-win for everyone. Sure does sound like a very big win-win. So like with the hackathon, <coughs> what were some, some of the other ideas of your competitors? So they're very varied. Like some of them like included, it was almost like, an, I would describe it as an eBay, <coughs> Yeah. And eBay for the food waste. Yeah. Like if you go to a market and you have, just to put it in specs, if you go to a market and you have a whole rack, say lettuces for example, or in our case cucumbers, and you see it completely filled to the brim, everyone's going to be flocking to buy it. But then as soon as it gets down to that one cucumber, everyone, or like whatever you want to call it, whatever product, that like the psychology changes, like the consumer immediately switches and they think, why is there one left? There must be something wrong with there it. There must be something wrong with it. However, it's exactly the same quality, so it's crazy. So what one company decided to do is take it and basically create an eBay, <coughs> like a fast, fast service eBay, so the fruit and veg remains fresh and you can buy it then and there. Other ideas, they completely varied, so you have that. And you also had like, a, it's been done before, but it was a different take on the smart trash bin. So like it watched what you were putting into the bin and so on and told you how much food waste you had. It was yeah. quite interesting. Most of the ideas focused on more being techie rather than, in our opinion, just simply just solving the, the problem. Yeah. I mean, if there's too many cucumbers, the best thing to do is to repurpose them. If they're not going to sell more cucumbers in the market, just take those cucumbers and put them somewhere else. In our case, cucumbers have to work very well in beauty products, so that's what we focused on. It's that simple. Right. So how did you come up with the idea of cucumbers? Where did that come from? So cucumbers in Israel is one of the highest fresh produce that has the highest level of surplus. Plus, also about 85% <coughs> of cucumbers in Israel come from a single place called Achituv, which means that we can just centralize the process by going to one place, getting all the cucumbers, and just doing the process one, two, three, instead of having to have 20 or 30 different places making all the cucumbers, which would be a hassle, having to find the cheapest one. So it made sense for us because also basic economics, if there's a lot of surplus, we're going to be able to get it cheap. It's a cheap product that we can get. 26,000 tons in one place. Yeah, 26,000 tons of cucumber available from one single place. I mean, we go to the Moshav, we speak to the guy, we've got the cucumbers. We don't have to worry about what this guy's selling it for, what that guy's selling it for, we have it. Cucumbers just made sense. And once we focused on cucumbers, like I said, you just need to repurpose them. We started looking at vitamins in the beginning, but that you have to deal with regulations. It just makes more sense to powder it and just sell it to cosmetics. 
That's actually very smart. Like cucumbers, it's like something the least someone like would like least expect to be sold. Like for example, like in Star Nation, like Israel's second biggest tech hub, and there's like a lot of like three samples from what my boss says that like with cybersecurity, there's a lot of cybersecurity subs that come out, but there's a lot of, a lot of them fail because a lot of them have a solution that's trying to find the problem. Yeah. So it's like trying to find it's like you have this is a solution of Ganga, but another solution could be like this with the water bottle. So we had a problem that just needed a solution, and the solution worked well. Market research showed that people want cucumber-based products. We also showed that businesses were interested in what we were providing them. It was, it was really good. And we also learned a lot from the process. We weren't, I mean, I personally wasn't expecting to win. I mean, I told you already, Ricky, that when I stood up, I thought people were going to clap, and then the judges were going to whisper to one another, saying, that's very nice of these two teenagers, but let's get back to the real people. It happened to work in our favor, I think. Mm. It's been wrong. Yeah, it was an interesting day. Because uh, have you heard of a guy once? Have you heard of a guy named in Australia called Harry Johnson? Can't so see. he's so he was featured in the media because um he um was um think he was at a, he pitched at Starcon, <clears throat> and there was a guy from Business Inside who saw him. He was like probably like sixteen, seventeen at the time, and then like got interviewed, and then was on face of like SMH Business Insider for a while. Also, as well, he's a close friend of mine. But, like, my point being with that is that, like, as it's like a young person who's pitching, and then if you're at the right place at the right time, then you can get, like, a shit ton of media attention. Like, because, like, there's a whole romanticism of, like, young entrepreneurs, like, 16, 17, 18, 19, in your case, who go out and start these big ideas. Yeah. And people love hearing about this stuff. Yeah, I mean, the media's already been on to us. We got interviewed at the hackathon already. Interviewed twice. Yeah, which was really nice. And then also, there's this guy, Ricky, who has this podcast called Perspectives on Fire, who was really interested in interviewing us. So, you know, we're growing by the day. Growing by the day. So, how did it feel to make your first fortune fresh out of high school? It's all right. It's a good feeling. Like, it does feel quite good. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, I can't say that I was expecting this at any point in my life, never mind at the age of 19, but it's, it's good. It's not like it just came on our doorstep. I mean, we still had to work no, for it. No, you had to work for it. So I had to come up with the idea, give the pitch, get the numbers, make the connections. Mm. It was good. It's the experience. It's all about the experience. For you to, like, achieve this at such a young age, especially to be working at Star, um, Star AU, do you think there was some luck involved? Um, <coughs> I would say right place at the right time and just two people are on the same wavelength. Like, uh, can make it work. Like, we were willing to put the yeah. effort. Well, it's, it's, it's all good being at the right place at the right time, but we were sitting at the back. Our boss said, if you guys <coughs> want to participate, we could have easily have said we're 18, we're 19, why would we want to participate? Sat in the back and been on our phones. At the end of the day, we were in the right place at the right time, but we actually still put in the effort. It's all good and well being there. You've got to put in the effort. You've got to put in the work. That's very, 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 very freaking true about that. Because without the luck, like, if you put the hard work in, then, like, you more position yourself to succeed. Yeah. It's and all about work. And saying for luck is, luck is, like, when, preparations, when preparation equals opportunity, meets opportunity. We had opportunity. So, um, three more questions to wrap things up. What scares you today and why? Um, personally, nothing really. I'm, I'm yeah. not scared of anything. If this venture falls down to the ground in six months, what have we I lost? I haven't lost a source of income. I haven't lost We've only a gained, year, six so months of my life. 
Yeah. I mean, it's still an amazing experience, however long it lasts. There's no, there's nothing to be scared of. If I stay in Israel for a little bit longer, that's not scary. That's wonderful. It's a <coughs> growing experience. If this becomes bigger than I think it already is, it's a, another experience. There's nothing, in my opinion, to be scared of in this part. I am scared of heights, though. That's, <laughs> yeah, just tall buildings. No, our headquarters will be in a tall building. Uh, You'll get used we'll, to we'll, it. We'll manage that. Yeah. I'll work on the ground floor. <laughs> Maybe there'll be a balcony. Yeah. Right in your corner. I mean, this expression like any like your corner office. Yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll take get, the corner. Oh, I think I deserve the corner of this. <laughs> <laughs> we'll look at it later. We'll write a contract. <coughs> sure. So, as you guys, so where do you see yourselves 10 years down the track? Like, what's your vision? Mm-hmm. All being well. Taking this company global, obviously. Because you can apply it to so many different... Yeah. You can apply it to so many different <coughs> countries as well. Yeah, I mean, Cause it's big in Australia, cucumbers now. It's not, it's not just cucumbers. Yeah, you can it's take all vegetables. It. I mean, just it's looking at all vegetables, if you look at America alone, how much food waste is... Food waste alone, I reckon, would be on par. It's almost... The numbers, the numbers it costs the US almost as much as the, cosme- the global cosmetics industry. I'm pretty sure it's the crazy. US, one-third of all food that's purchased is just yeah. thrown away. And it's, it's a terrible thing, but in our terms, it means that there's cheap produce that we can buy and repurpose. As a business opportunity, it's it's, it's perfect. Yeah. Fair enough. Um. So we've um as like as like for Western society, there is. One second. So with Western society, there is um with our food produces like there's three more chemicals and chemicals being used. <coughs> Do you see like if like the chem if, like cucumbers have more chemicals and become um become very different next to next like in the long term? Do you find like the vitamins will be affected with powder? Vitamins shouldn't be affected. Well, n- number one, I think the whole thing that people always get confused about when it comes to GMOs and all that is that they're meant to improve the vegetable. They're meant to make them either healthier or they're more durable or they're more seasonal. If people are making GMOs so that cucumbers have more vitamin K or that they have more vitamins that never really ever existed in cucumbers, I can't say that as a bad thing. <coughs> Personally, I think that's better. If cucumbers get bigger, it makes it an easier process for us at the very least. In my opinion, it's the, the whole GMO argument to me is as long as it's improving it, it's fine. When it comes to pesticides, I'm a bit more wary, but GMOs as a whole, it's a good thing. I mean, imagine if you could have a cucumber that instead of just giving you one thing, gave you the same thing as an apple, an orange, a banana combined. Why would anyone say no to that? Um, it's part of the question, and this is a question I ask every single one of my guests, and it's probably one of the hardest questions to be answered. How do you define success? You can take that one first. I'll dwell on it. Personally, I just think if... If you work hard, if you're doing what you enjoy, and if you can honestly look back on the day and say that you're proud of the work that you've done, you're successful. If you've got a million dollars in your pocket, but you're hating yourself every second of it, you're not successful. It's not, you're not enjoying yourself. Life is meant to be enjoyed. As long as you're looking back saying, I had a good time, I did a good thing, I'm a good person, you're successful. I see it as if you set your goals, set a goal and achieve it, that's you being successful. And then if you push, push that beyond its limit, you can only achieve further success, really. Um, yeah. It's all about the experience. experience. It's about the journey, not the destination. Exactly. Exactly, exactly, exactly. exactly. It's a good way to summarise it. A great way to um, conclude the podcast. But thank you very much, guys, for your time. Thank it's you. It's been a so pleasure you. Thank you.
been a great experience. No worries. Good luck with your venture and may the force be with you.